and welcome back to the Inconvenient Truth with Amy. I am your host, Amy. Happy Tuesday. I am so glad you have decided to join me this morning. This is the show where we talk unpopular opinions, controversial topics, and the Catholic faith. So grab your coffee, tea, or margarita, or all three, and come along as we jump into a weekly recap. First thing I want to say is I hate math. Truly. I cannot abide the idea of math. And you know, that that's all I want to say. Well, maybe I'll give you a little more context. Um, pretty much, I, I found out when I transferred to Arizona State that I was going to have to take a pre-calculus class. Now, mind you, I took math for my associates and I took statistics. Um, pre-calculus is <laughs> the bane of my existence. Anyways, I find out I have to take math and I originally thought, you know, I'll take it at my local junior college because it's a lot cheaper, you know, yada, yada, yada. Come to find out that class is five units, so I then decide to take it at Arizona State. Find out I can't take it at Arizona State unless I take college algebra first or take the assessment test and test right on into pre-calculus. Now, mind you, I find this all out a few days ago, so Friday. I decide to go ahead and take the, the test, the assessment test. I am put basically in a virtual room where they're videoing me and I'm not allowed to use a calculator. Uh, and I take this test where they ask me to solve quadratic equations and graph parabolas. And mind you, I haven't taken math in years, but I'm recognizing all the concepts. Like, let's take note of that. I'm recognizing these concepts. I just haven't been practicing these pre-calculus formulas for the past two years. And you know, mind you, without a calculator. So don't test into pre-calc. So I'm thinking, okay, might as well take the JC because I can get into that and I just want to get this over with. Come to find out, apparently I can't transfer any more units. I've maxed out on units, which is good in some cases because that means that they took as much as they could get from my associate's degree. However... <laughs> I'm still trying to get this math class. So it's a saga. I don't know where it's going to end. Hopefully it'll end happily. But, you know, really was a mood killer from my Christmas break, which I was enjoying so much until math decided to enter the conversation. Anyways, I'll keep you updated. But for the record, I do not like math. And it is truly, truly I don't know what it is, but it is a pain. Second thing I want to talk about is um, Boss Baby 2. And before you stare at your screen in shock at what I just said, let me explain myself. I watch children's movies. Um, wow, I didn't expect it to come out like that. Uh, I watch kids' movies because, one, I'm a kid. But also because I really like to keep up 
to date with what they are feeding our youth nowadays. I like to see what type of agenda they slip in to normalize things that are just not normal. So I like to keep tabs on what, I mean, just the latest movies that are coming out. So I've watched Soul, which I actually did want to do a a review on, but I just need to watch it again because the deeper meaning of that movie was very lost to me and... Yeah, anyways, I think at some point I'll do a review on Soul. Anyways, Boss Baby, uh, watched it last weekend, and I have to say, after you put aside just kind of the ridiculous storyline, the potty humor, just, you know, all the weird things that make the movie kind of odd um, in regards to animation and just, like, the whole plot that there's a land of babies up in the sky and you know some of the other little like liberalness that they slip into movies like the fact that um the wife is the breadwinner of the family and the husband's a stay-at-home dad once you get past all that the storyline's actually really good um basic basic plot is that there's a villain who owns this school and the school is basically their whole aim is to turn the child against the parent and pretty much just remove parents from the picture period and I thought that is so truly relevant especially nowadays especially with that whole Virginia candidate who made that horrendous statement about uh, parents having no say in their children's education and, you know, all the talk about parents not being quote-unquote qualified to voice any opinions regarding their children's education. I, I found it rather... I'm not gonna say inspiring because it wasn't inspiring. I just... You know, whether or not it was the movie's makers, movie makers' intentions or not, I thought it was like a good storyline and it was literally reality playing before my eyes. Um, so, yeah, in regards to kind of going a little off the cuff, a little, you know, against maybe it was or maybe it wasn't I just thought it was really funny the fact that the whole movie was about this school trying to take over and and steal kids from their parents and you know basically remove parents from the picture just in light of what's going on today I thought that was very entertaining and it had an overall good family message um okay last thing I wanted to talk about um was a piece of, a section, I guess I would say, a section of literature that I read last night that I found particularly striking. Um, During this break, this lovely Christmas break, I've decided to go ahead and read all of the Anne of Green Gables because, believe it or not, I haven't read all of them. I've read quite a few of them, but not all of them. So, I've been steadily making my way through the books, and I'm now in Anne of the Island, and I, you know, this particular section of the book, this chapter, really kind of 
moved me, I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, if you are somebody who wants to read the Anne of Green Gables series and hasn't yet, or if you're in the midst of doing so, basically what I'm trying to say is there's a spoiler in my next few sentences. So if you don't want a spoiler, turn off this podcast right now. Um, because I will be spoiling it for you, at least a small part of it. So I'm going to give you a minute. Okay, hopefully you, you're gone. Are you gone? Hopefully you are, because I'm going to talk now. Uh, okay, so in the original Anne of Green Gables, you know of her friend Ruby Gillis. In Anne of the Island, Ruby Gillis is dying of consumption. And so there's this part in the book where Anne and Ruby are having kind of a moment um, and Ruby is acknowledging that she's dying. Uh, and she and Anne are having a conversation and Ruby's basically saying how scared she is to die. And I'm just going to read this. Uh, so basically the last thing that Anne says is like, don't be afraid, Ruby. And then Ruby responds with this. I can't help it, said Ruby pitifully. Even if what you say about heaven is true, and you can't be sure, it may only be that imagination of yours, it won't be just the same. It can't be. I want to go on living here. I'm so young, Anne. I haven't had my life. I fought so hard to live, and it isn't any use. I have to die and leave everything I care for. Anne sat in a pain that was almost intolerable. She could not tell comforting falsehoods, and all that Ruby said was so horribly true. She was leaving everything she cared for. She had laid up her treasures on earth only. She had lived solely for the little things of life, the things that pass, forgetting the greater things that go onward into eternity, bridging the gulf between the two lives and making death a mere passing from one dwelling to the other, from twilight to unclouded day. God would take care of her there, Anne believed. She would learn. But now it was no wonder her soul clung in blind helplessness to the only thing she knew and loved. Can we just take a moment to acknowledge how beautifully written that was? Anyways, that struck a chord with me last night because I was just thinking of like our present reality right now. It is so filled with fear of death. You know, think about like all these, this pandemic, this quote, unquote, sorry, quote unquote pandemic. Um, not going to put the word out on the internet because I'll get doxxed. But, you know, just with this whole situation we're living in. We're basically surrounded by fearful people. Either fearful people or just plain idiots, which I'm inclined to believe that we're surrounded by an equal amount of both. Um, I think it's just really sad. Because religious people have hope for the future. Um, after they die, they have faith. Um... But nonetheless, I was thinking that even with faith, 
I think when it comes to death, there is a human response of just a little, I don't want to say it's fear, maybe that's not the right word, but just kind of a little bit of, maybe a good word to say is like butterflies. Just a little bit of like something, I'm about to experience something new. I think um, the way thinking about, you know, how am I going to die, that can make people a little anxious. And I think if you, if we, sorry, I'm not speaking for other people, if I, as somebody who's religious and has faith and knows that there is a God and that there is a heaven and that, um, you know, living a faith-filled life, bring you to heaven, knowing that, but then still having that little bit of butterflies regarding how am I going to die? What's the experience going to be like? You know, just those, that little human um, reaction. If that's like enough to kind of get me in a little frenzy, imagine what it does to somebody who has nothing, no faith, no hope, And it really gives you an understanding of why we are so messed up, (laughs) truly. Because if you really don't believe that there's something after life here on earth, you really only have what you have on earth. Like, like, I guess, Ruby Gillis, you live for the things on earth. You've built your treasure here on earth. And so leaving it, especially young people who are terrified of COVID. Oh, well, there, I said it. Um, And I I honestly just like marvel at like, why are you scared? Like there's such a low chance of you dying. It makes sense kind of now. They only know earth. They only know their worldly possessions here on earth. They only know the relationships they've built on earth. And so I think to young people, in their mind, death is ceasing to exist and then being put in the ground. And I think that could be very, very terrifying for somebody. Anyways, if you want to read the whole passage, uh, it's Anne of the Island. That's the book. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's this week's episode, guys. Sorry that it went from I hate math to death, but <laughs> you know what? That's what you get when you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to The Inconvenient Truth with Amy. As always, it is totally such a pleasure to have you here in the audience. <laughs> wow, can't get over my death speech. Hold on. Okay, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, be sure and leave a five-star rating and a glowing review about how this podcast changed your life. And if you made it to the end of this episode, you are truly a part of the Inconvenient Truth with Amy family. Why don't you comment a, mm, how about like a math symbol? like an addition sign or multiplication or something like that to 
to share your sympathies with me as I make my way through this comedy of errors, also known as battling with ASU over my pre-calculus class. All right. And that's it. That's the show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Get through those finals. I know you guys can. Keep cheersing with your coffee, teas, and margaritas. Maybe throw in some champagne. It is the holiday season. Um, And yes, I will see you next week. Bye-bye!